Hello, my name is Dylan, and I'm with my partner, Jonathan, and today we're talking about what America ate during the Great Depression era. So what can you, um, so what did the ethnic groups, how did they influence the foods that America ate during that time? Um, many cuisines like the Mexico rarebit rare and the mock enchiladas were influenced by Mexicans and Southern American people that settled in the far west. Asian people from overseas, such as J Japanese, although not as influential, also contributed to the cuisine, mostly on the California coast. Um, what do you notice about a lot of recipes in the following categories and the ingredients? Uh, there is, well, obviously, we're going to have things just like commonly used water, sugar, flour. Uh, but then there's some interesting ones, for example, in a lot of the meats that they ate in dinner, it just says fluid. Not sure what fluid is, but they use fluid. And also celery was commonly used in a lot of different meats. Um, they used a lot of fillers like gelatine and different kinds of syrups to make meals, I don't know, more plentiful even when it's not. Um, and then also some other uh, ethnic groups that came to the uh, far west were Asian people such as the Japanese um, from overseas or Hispanic people from Latin America. Um, all right. How do you think some of the recipes have been influenced by Americanization of their recipes or modified to be adapted to, uh, basically what American people like? Um, Asian foods were originally only really eaten by other Asians at first, but over time through the 1900s, as its popularity increased, some Asian restaurants actually had two menus, one for the people of Asia descent and another for everyone else. Some classic Chinese menu choices, such as fortune cookies, are not Chinese at all. They were invented in America. Mm -hmm. And what do you notice about the common key ingredients used in your, in your region's cookbooks? What do you think that they were so commonly used in a lot of the common ingredients are very cheap or they just had a lot of it such as like flour or sugar um, or they could be relatively easy uh, they could be grown in gardens such things like peppers um, a lot of things can be grown in the far west in areas like California um, so they didn't really have any issues with growing a lot of foods unless you lived in the mountains or uh, in the desert. Um, people who weren't already farmers or they lived in the cities definitely had a learning curve ahead of them with trying to grow foods because they hadn't done that before, but they definitely had life a lot easier than people who lived in places that are really hard for farming like Alaska or Maine. Um, were there in the 1930s, were there a lot of cheaper quality or filler type ingredients being used to help stretch the meal? Um, yeah, there were a lot of filler type ingredients were used. So like in hot dogs, it was very common because of how cheap they were. Some people quite literally put hot dogs on, it, on everything. Even soup, which seemed really weird. Potatoes and beans were also very common. Syrups and gelatine were used to stretch out meals. And meals were often made to try and last as long as possible. Leftovers provided for a family for multiple days. Um, how can cookbooks help you understand a point in history based on the ingredients being used, especially since they can be considered a primary source? Um, I think if people are eating foods that consist of ingredients of high quality, then you can probably assume that if they're spending a lot of money on food, then they have a lot of money to 
you know, spare on things like that. So they're probably living pretty well. Whereas if they have like the cheapest of foods or don't have a whole lot of food, then that's a pretty good assumption you can make that they're poor. So what people eat gives a, a look into what they could afford and therefore what everyday life looks like for them. And then my favorite recipe that we saw is very, very basic, but it's a chocolate recipe from the Choice Recipes uh, cookbook. And I mean, you can't go wrong with it. It's chocolate cake. So I mean, it hasn't changed much since then, and it's, I'm sure it was just as good. Uh, I also had a favorite recipe from the 1930s. It was the um, the Swiss steak from the rest. It was called the the Choice Recipe Cookbook from the Women's Society. And it was made by the first prehistorian in church. All right, there's a lot of background noise wherever you're at, so I can't really hear you. But that's all we have for this uh, episode, and we'll see you on the next one.